episode 227 of Kane's Cast, and we are in that in-between week. No preseason, yet no regular season games yet for the Carolina Hurricanes, Shane. Six sleeps away, Mike. Six sleeps, everybody. Feels like it's going to be a lot longer than that. It really does. This looks like a very long week ahead. Yeah. But... Still some hockey on the horizon, though. Oh, yeah. Kicking it off in Europe Friday night. NHL starting. Little Nashville. Little San Jose. Well, you say Friday night. It'll be Friday afternoon for us. Yeah, Friday afternoon. So Prague? Uh, Yes, I believe so. I will uh, triple check that because uh, the only time I'm concerned with San Jose is going to be the second game of the season for the Carolina Hurricanes when we're in San Jose. Yeah. And I need to make sure that I get there and get out as quickly as possible. <laughs> yes. Do you have so. nightmares when you go to San Jose? I, uh, I don't sleep very well in San Jose. We'll just leave it at that. Like, so. Do you get like the sore pain in your side or anything when you're just laying there? I Like residual effects? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the, the, you know, make sure. Are you guys in the same hotel? Yes. If I was, this is a shout out to Mike Sunheim right now, Kane's PR I would get the exact same room for Mike, I, I just as just as a great play. I don't even remember the room I was in. <laughs> uh, we'll fill you up to speed on that. Yes, the Sharks and Predators are in Prague, which I've been told. I've is heard a great things. City. Oh, great things! I, anybody I ever know who's ever gone to the to formerly Czech Republic now Czechia says that Prague is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, former Hurricane Scout Robert Cron talked highly of it. Our good friend Bates Bataglia definitely enjoyed Prague. That comes as no surprise to anyone who knows Bates or Robert Cron. Uh, so uh, we can enjoy some real regular season hockey. And uh, we've got some fantasy hockey updates to get to. That'll be later yeah. on here. But uh, one, we need to thank our good friends at Storm Brew, who are the presenting sponsor of Kane's Cast. R&D. R&D Brewing. Uh, yes. I mean, yes. stock your shelves. The season is here. The, you have a week to get it loaded. The, the price has gone to seven fifty. For 20 ounces of beer, folks, here at PNC Arena. Still the best deal in town. You are still beating the pot, as some would like to say, yeah. with some guys if you go to dinner with them. Because they'd order three things and pay for one. Yes. And those hey, we people, can split the bill down the middle. You ate three things. Yeah. You had two entrees. Beat the I pot. I had a salad. You must beat the pot and buy Storm Brew. I agree with Shane Willis on that. And, of course, uh, a great way to enjoy it as well is at their draft house right on Capitol. So go down, pay them a visit, enjoy it. Great place to watch. Carolina Hurricanes games if you can't be here for the home opener. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't stock too early because there are some big uh, college football games this weekend. Maybe true. just go to R&D to the new draft house and watch this weekend. NC State, Florida State, big or I, tilt. Or I just stock up for the week in advance. I'll go, just double I, I down? You're saying double down. <laughs> double down. <clears throat> what happens What happens when you're you're given a 10 against a 6? You double down. Yeah. What happens when you got a huge weekend of sports? You double down on the Storm Brew. Get ready. It's only one game. I mean, everyone Wednesday night, very, from what I've heard on my inside source, is very close to a sellout. If you don't have a ticket and you listen to this show, one, I'd be disappointed if you don't have your ticket yet. Two, get on it right now because with only one game before the state fair rolls in, Mike, I expect and challenge our fans to be extremely rowdy Wednesday night here at PNC Arena. Uh, And also for people... The second home game after the long road trip out west when the Islanders come to town on the 28th. Limited tickets are available for that. So if you want to go to a game, do not drag your heels on this one. Hot ticket. Make sure that you're there. And it should be because the Hurricanes preseason is over, Shane. And um, I'm trying to just speed right past the fact that I yeah. had a volleyball living in me and it was yeah, discovered we'll get in to San that. Jose. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, that was in, in October of 2019. So let's... <laughs> Get away from that. Healthy is a horse now. Oh, well, I'm built like one. So it's all good. The thing for me was the Canes preseason chain was all good. Four and one outscored their opponents. You tell me if this is a good number. 24 to 11 in five games. I'm no math major, but that's basically they won every game five to two. I was going to say the same thing. I was never great at math. Um, But yeah, that is very well done by this team. I think. And you and I talked about this about you know maintaining focus and not getting too high, right? Four and one and through the preseason, awesome. But I look at the details of their game, how fast they played. Have you talked to anybody who 
watch the game live or on the streaming online, this team is fast. And I mean fast from top to bottom. There isn't one player that's going to be in this lineup that doesn't have that speed and play aggressive like Rod Brindamore wants. The other part, which it's a small sample size, but hello special teams? Yeah. All right, on, on a serious note, because everybody always talks about it's the preseason, that doesn't matter, or X doesn't matter, you know. Some some guy, and we see it every preseason, some guy scores like four or five goals, and you're like, that's very nice, but, you know, who did he do it against? Is he yeah. is he going to make the team? It, it might give some players a longer look, you know, stick around an extra preseason game. Maybe even stick around for that little, like the, the Canes have this limbo in between from playing on Tuesday and playing till next Wednesday, October 12th, the home opener. So maybe a guy gets to stick around for that. But you know what the roster is. But when special teams is really clicking, is that something players, coaching staff looks at? And you can say, we got to take into account who we did it against, or do you take into account, no, it was clicking? Both. I think these, I mean, Rod Brennamore and his coaching staff are the best in the league. They are extremely wise in what they're watching. You know, sometimes they're like, well, if they didn't score, I was going to be extremely upset. But from the positive side, as you mentioned, Mike, on the power play, the way they were moving the puck, finding those open shots, you look at the additions. You look at what this team did over the summer with adding Brent Burns, what he brings to a power play. We've seen that through the preseason. Everyone had a little bit of a question mark on a guy that I talked about, number 82. Kokaniemi really had some great games, some great touches on the power play. And when you look at I mean, when you talk about depth and what Rod Brindamore now can do with a A, A minus, two, really to me, you have two A units. Because Dylan Coughlin came out and led a power play. So if you have Burns on number one and Coughlin on number two, hello. You know, Kokinami can anchor on one side. You have Ajo on the other side on another power play. I mean, the options you have and the firepower you have that this team showed is what you take from the positive side of things through preseason. Well, one of the things about the power play that I liked, and you just sort of hinted at it, it didn't matter who was running it and who was on there. It looked the same. And it didn't matter who they were doing it against. If it was Tampa's not NHL roster, or if it was against Florida's NHL roster, it looked the same. And the other thing that I, I again, small sample size and what you want to take out of it, the last preseason game of the year in Buffalo. It's a 4-2 loss. Um, and people will be like, eh, punt on it. This team was down 3 nothing after the first period. And you know you've played in those preseason games on both sides of it. If you're the team that jumps up early, you're like, all right, guys, let's just get out of the game. You know, that's, that's what it is. If you're the other side, you're like, eh, two periods of hockey left. And we'll, we'll do some things. Canes came out in the third period like a team like, no, we're winning this game. And that's what I, I – you never see this team say, well, on to the next one, not while there's minutes left to be played. And they came out, and they – I think they showed that Sabres team, uh, you got to play hockey all the way through. There's a right way to play it. And the Canes had several guys show up and play it the right way. Young guys, right? The Canes didn't, the Canes didn't ice a heavy veteran lineup in Buffalo. That was – Win your job kind of night, right? Yes. Drury, Nason, Stepan, Jameson Reese. Um, these young players come out and show this organization that they want to be here and they're fighting for spots. Yeah, Multi Stromwell. And then the making decisions difficult on his coaching staff. The the four defensemen who are in reality competing for three spots, but two spots on the ice every night. When you're talking to Calvin DeHaan, Ethan Bear. Dylan Coughlin, and you and I, I think, are both on the same boat for Dylan Coughlin with what mm. we've seen, and Jalen Chatfield. Those four guys are competing to stay on an NHL roster this year. Yep. And you saw that competition. I liked what I saw out of Jalen Chatfield playing physical, and then, you know, wasn't given much of an option from Tage Thompson, but he dropped. And Tage Thompson stands, I think, nine foot eight. Uh, Jalen Chatfield's six foot, a little plus, and he stood right in there with him. And, and threw a couple left and right. So those are the things. And, uh, again, Shane, this team does it right, and it starts with the head coach who demands that. 
of anything that they do, any time that they play. We're going to do it right. You're going to do a drill. We're going to do it right. So we go from there. But now that the, the preseason is over, is there anything else that you take out of it besides special teams looks really good? Well, you're, you think about your overall structure, and I think the hardest part now for this coaching staff and, and organization and management team is the team that you feel strongest with. There's going to be some very tough decisions there. One, not only because of how everyone played. Two, because you have to factor in the salary cap and how do you get to just under the proper number between injuries and the number of players on your roster, which guys can you put on waivers and not lose, right? Because there's a lot of teams out there that are waiting. They've seen what the Hurricanes did in preseason. One of the one of the downfalls of going 4-1 and one and playing as well as you did, that there's a couple guys that are going to have to go on waivers that teams are like, go ahead, we'll take them, right? You're not going to be able to use them this year. Maybe we'll grab them. So the other part, I love how this team has come through healthy through preseason. Um, and you look into next week, and I, I think I like the way that this team set up a schedule. Obviously losing a game in Tampa in preseason early on because of the hurricane, not an issue. But now having this time, right, to have a day off, to get back at practice, look at different line combinations, but for the management team and the coaches to really sit down and grind out. You don't have to make a quick decision, right? It's not a day before the rosters have to be set, which is Monday night at 5 o'clock. You have to be under the cap. You have to be ready to go. Um, They have time to really look at things. Maybe you need to move a guy. You know, can Don Waddell get on the phone and talk to a couple teams and shed something that way? You don't know what will happen in this next week, and that's why... It's not only exciting for opening night because you've seen this team through preseason, but you're excited to see what does this team do. There's still too many guys on the roster. There's still decisions to be made. So it's going to be an exciting six days for this organization and these fan base to continue to watch and prepare for next Wednesday night. Well, the other part of that, what you're referring to with the players that you have here, there's still preseason games to be played for other teams around the league. And while it might be... We're not putting an NHL roster on the ice for some of these teams. Somebody's going to get nicked up. It, it happens. You know, somebody's going to be dinged. I look at Toronto. I mean, it seems every other week there's somebody else for Toronto who they're like, we're going to be out, you know, three, four weeks. I'm just referring that because that's, you know, top of mind. Do you find a, a team that all of a sudden needs a player? And where you're like, oh, gosh, were we going to lose this player for nothing through waivers? Well, now maybe you can make a trade with somebody. Yeah. I mean, once again, Don Waddell and his staff in talking with the league has put themselves in a strong position. Sure. Right? Because there are going to be games. Today is Thursday, Mike, as we as we tape this episode, all the way to Saturday of exhibition games. Yeah. And teams are going to be putting in guys at the end of preseason that they think are going to be in their lineup. So anything can happen in yep. these next few days. And once again... People look how this team is managed, and they set up their schedule. They know what they're going to need to do. They've given themselves room for their own team to rest and recover through a preseason and hard training camp and be ready for next week. All right, well, let's go through the not-so-great-for-the-players, difficult decisions for the front office and coaching staff. But if you're fans, you need to enjoy this, this moment for the Carolina Hurricanes, which is... They still have those tough decisions to make. You know that players just want to know, where are we? Are we on the opening roster? But I go back to a couple of years ago when there would be players who would come in and you're like, well, he's on this team because. You know, it's, it's the competition in the organization, not just at the NHL level, but in the AHL level. Well, this guy's got to play in the NHL. There's not enough pushing. This year, there are guys, and we've said this before for everybody tuning into this episode of Canescast, we'll say it again who are NHL players who are not going to be on an NHL roster opening night for the Carolina Hurricanes because that's how deep the talent pool has become for this organization. Young guys, veteran guys, guys who would have a job in the NHL, but they A, want to be here, and B, there's not a lot of vacancies in the hotel for them to to be here. Just from the point of Shane, you and I have watched this organization for a long time, how good is that to, from the 3,000-foot view, know that we have 
so much depth in the organization. We saw it last year when you still were dealing with COVID protocols. You got dipped down to the minors and call up a guy, and you don't have to change how you play, and you didn't have to hide a guy and have him only play four or five minutes. Nope, go and play. You're all part of the system because you're good enough to be in the league. And not only good enough to be in the league, but the character of the players that when they do go to Chicago to work and win a championship. Yeah. Uh, and that's a um, huge, huge plus for me to see that happen in Chicago and see the focus and determination of the young players along with the veteran players they had. You look at the guys that got moved to Chicago. This team didn't just pick up guys just because. They didn't re-sign Ryan Dezingle on a two-way just because. They didn't bring over Stromwall just because. you got to have those veteran guys, character guys down there to help these young players. But both played so well, if something ever did happen, the team's like, here we go. There's our guy. right? Ryan Dezingle was moving so well. He was using his speed again. He had that jump in his legs. You could see it. You could see the determination. He's going to have that when he gets to Chicago too. And now... As you mentioned, tough, tough decisions. You know, Derek Stepan, Jack Drury. You know, on the back end, Chatfield. What do you do with these guys? You know, Ethan Bear, he signed for one year. What do you do in those situations to, one, be cap compliant, and, two, Wednesday night you put the best lineup onto this ice in front of this crowd? Right, and... The other side of that, not just the guys going down to the minors, Shane, every night there's going to be an extra for the Hurricanes who could play. And that's, again, another – it's a, an embarrassment of riches. It's a luxury, whatever you want to call it. But that's the good thing for me. And last year we saw that. It started off with Brendan Smith on the blue line as the the seventh defenseman. And he showed he could play, step in and play minutes. He turned it into a two-year deal this offseason. So that, for me, is – when you're put in that role, and I think what Rod Brindamore does so well when he talks to these players, he lets them know exactly what's expected of them, where they fit. Hey, this might stink right now that you're not, you know, in the top six or you're not in the top 12 or you've got to head down to the minors, but you're literally one phone call away from being expected to come up here and play in the National Hockey League, and this is what we think of you and this is what we know you can do. But he also, you know, it's – you do this. You've had to cut players. It's the fine line between telling them, hey, you're this close, and you keep doing this. We're going to need you. You know, Keep your phone on, but at the same time, this is the reason why. And, and I think this organization has gotten so good at telling them. The reason why is we're expected to win the Stanley Cup, and they are going to be players who don't make this roster. It's the hardest message to deliver for a coach, and on the other side, the hardest message for a player to accept. Because you're sitting there saying, you just told me I'm good enough to play in this league, but I'm not, right? So the road to playing in this league is always long. And the players that stay there and are determined to get there, you know, will get their opportunity in some way. You know there's going to be injuries and guys getting nicked up, whether it's with this team or with with someone else. The, the one positive you have to take if you're a player going to Chicago, there are scouts from every team at every one of those games, it's not like nobody's watching or the Hurricanes are the only team watching you. There are many scouts at every American Hockey League game watching because other teams are going to have injuries. They're going to be like, there's this veteran guy in Chicago tearing it up. Yep. Let's see if we can get him. Call Carolina. So you have to stay in the moment. You have to kind of you know, let it roll off and continue to grind. It's difficult. No question about it. But I think that shows the character of what this team did last year in Chicago and winning, like I said, um, that they have that mindset and these players – are in a great spot with his organization. I'm not going to put any context to this. This is the hardest league in the world, period, to play in, to make it, to establish a career. It just truly is because of the competition for spots, how good the talent is. Small um, rosters. Small roster size. And more importantly, I look at the skill that has pushed through. I mean, think back 15, 20 years ago. Every group that comes up, the skill seems to be a little bit better than the group before them, you know, the, the skilled players, the other players who are coming through. Now, Shane, you got guys coming in the league who are 19 years old who are doing things that I hate to put you on the spot. I don't think you were thinking, yeah, I'm going to go behind the net and do a lacrosse move at 19 years old in the NHL. No. Or I'm going to flip it 
off of the the back of the goaltender from behind the net, or I'm going to do a self-pass to myself and walk uh, a 10-year vet defenseman. These kids all come into the league, and I will use the word kids when they're teenagers. They They come into the league, and they got that confidence. And that's what I love what Rod has done with this team. These kids don't know they can do it until they can do it. So go out there and do it. You know you got it in in you. Go play. Go do it. You know, going back to what, and you and I have known Rod a long time, but what makes him a great coach is he allows it. And I think that's what makes a great coach in this league now because you're not setting your ways hardcore of saying, hey, don't be trying that kid, right? Let him do it. Let him enjoy it. Let him have fun with it because they, they are skilled and they can do it, which is the craziest thing. It's not like they're just you know, you and I on the ice, let's see if I can do this. Well, there's no chance. They do it at full speed and make things happen. And that's what you talk about the hardest league, but what to me makes this game so great and so exciting to watch each and every night because you really don't know what these kids are going to do. No. You know, it's structured, it's hard hitting, but the skill level they have just impresses me night in and night out, whether it's the Carolina Hurricanes or someone else around this league. I mean, you you can't get enough of it at night. You want to see the highlights. Who scored last night? And when you see these young kids' name popping up, you know, on your phone of like, hey, Trevor Zegers just scored in Anaheim, you're like, I wonder what he did. Yeah. Right? You're not like, oh, he probably just took a one-timer and shot it in the net. You know, these kids around the league, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid hat trick tonight. Oh, boy. Right? What did he do tonight? You know, Sebastian Ajo, Andre yep. Svechnikov, two goals tonight. I got to pull up, pulling up the highlights. What did he do? What did he do? Um, and I think that's the best part about technology. And now we have our phones. Obviously, our businesses suffer on you know Mondays and Tuesdays <laughs> when we're all dialed in watching all the highlights. Speak but. for yourself. <laughs> well, that's just, when my business is a booming. Yeah. So it, it's going to be an exciting year. It's been a great preseason. Yep. And one thing I think when you look at all these games, and I'll put you on the spot, Mike. Who is is, is there one guy that you've said, wow, that was, you know jumped out of you, if you will, not only with skill, but to say, there he is. Brent Burns. I knew he was, we all know he's good. You know, I knew he's an all-star. And sometimes this comes in, I don't know if you watch games like this, but I pay attention to the West, but I'm focused on the Eastern Conference. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, and I keep telling people, for me, it was last year was the first time I saw Kirill Kaprizov in person. And... Like, really... There's another young guy. But like, you see his name pop up on the list to score. But, like, really get the, the job done. And I walked out of that going, my, how does he not score every night? Like, how does he not have 82? I know Brent Burns is great. And everything that we have read about him, knew about him, uh, you, you don't go to the All-Star games that he goes to. You don't get voted, you know, to be on the first team All-NHL. You, you don't get nominated for Norris trophies if you're a hack. We all know that he comes in with that cachet. The two games I watched him play, Shane, and I I just looked. My eyes just went to him. You know, I've got a call to play. He was always doing something. Stretch passes from his own zone where he doesn't pick his head up. And he, he took the peak beforehand. He goes, I got it right here. How quick he gets his shot off on the power play. How he puts the puck in the right spots. He's good defensively, too. He's, he's a big guy. He can move people out. I just walked out of that going, if you're San Jose, why would you trade this guy? Why would you? You'd be like, well, we'll find a way to, to make this work for you, for you, Brent. He really opened my eyes. I think he's going to – I think he's going to have 70 points at a minimum. I think he's going to be like around 15 and 55. Um, just so impressed with his game. And one thing, and all our fans, because we do have a great organization, when you do get a chance to meet Brent Burns, what a, you know, energized, yes. free spirit guy. Have you seen a guy, and we've seen many guys come to Carolina, come and go, have you seen anyone more excited or happy to be in this situation, in this group of guys? Like, he's come in with full-out positive energy, with his family and settle in here, he's like, I love it here. He bought an RV and drove here the second he well, heard he got of traded. of course. Why wouldn't you? I mean, that's a natural course of action, I mean, Camping right? around Raleigh is a phenomenal. So, but uh, it, it's funny because there were a couple of standouts. And, you know, we, we usually get ready for this. I was going to throw some back at you. But Brent Burns stood out above everybody. The skating, how he jumps up on the play. He's, 
he's the goods, and Canes fans are going to love him. But another player on the on the blue line, Dylan Coglin, and he made an impression on night one with three assists and being able to quarterback the power play. But Dylan Coglin stood out for me. You know who else stood out for me, Shane? And it, it, it was, you could say he should, but Jesperi Kotkaniemi, when he was on a line that was flanked by Andrei Svechnikov and Marty Natchez. Really enjoyed watching that line. But <laughs> but Kokinemi's play with that group stood out to well, me. Well, when we left last season, right, and going into this season through the summer, that was going to be one of the questions, right? Everyone said, oh, Vincent Trocek left. Who's going to play there? He is. And he's proven right there how much skill he has. I mean, the goal he scored on the power play the other night from the side, far side shelf. The skill this young man has, the work he put in this summer. Because that's the line, right? If you're going to leave Jarvis with Ajo and Teravainen, now you have Svechnikov. I'm going to you know, jump all the way past the guy you just mentioned, Kokinemi. But Marty Natchez has played very well in the preseason, something this team needs. And when you look, I mean, if you gave me a piece of paper and said, Kane's second line is Kokinemi, Natchez, and Svechnikov, I'd be like, look out. Now it's just a matter of these kids doing it. And I'm going to go back because they're still kids to me, Mike. Right? They're all under the age of 25. Yeah. So when you have these three guys with the speed, skill, and shot of each one of these guys, if the chemistry hits, will be one of the most dynamic lines in the league. In the league, I will say. Can be. Offensively. There is the other side of the puck to play, though, defensively. And that's where Kokinemi... Again, preseason, but in Buffalo, he took almost every draw, it, it felt like. And he was way better in the face-off circle, which he's going to have to be. Defensively, he'd get back and back check. Those are the, like, the little things that you don't notice at the end of a game. Those are the development pieces that this organization instills in guys. I, I hate doing this to you because Gasperi Kokinami can be really the only guy to answer this. But how much do you think this year will be different for him because he can just go and play He's got an eight-year contract. He doesn't have to worry about the offer sheet. He doesn't have to worry about being the third overall pick and trying to be the savior of the Montreal Canadiens. He can just exhale, look around him, and say, I've got two first-round picks next to me. I just need to play hockey. And, and I know I'm asking you to think about yeah. it, but do you think that, that that will be a huge difference in his game where he can relax and play? Because you know it's hard to play this game when you're tense and uptight. There's no question his stress level will be much lower. Now, he's still an athlete. He still wants to compete. He still wants to be the best. But overall, and I'll say this because I was one of these guys, and if you ask any offensive player, in his position last year, playing minimal minutes, you know, on a fourth line, not really much power play time, it's difficult for an offensive guy because you just don't get into the rhythm of the game. Offensive guys need to play more, right, to settle in, to get everything moving and juicing. So just, number one, him playing more automatically takes him to another level. Now if he gets in a rhythm like he did in preseason offensively, sky's the limit for this guy. And you can go back and listen to these podcasts because I made sure before one of them I talked with Justin Williams and I said, where do you see this guy? He's like, I think he's going to be real, real good and easily playing that number two role. So this is the year. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go score 50. I'm yeah. not jumping to that. But 20? You know, we're going to start throwing take it or leave it out here on the... On the oh, wait, oh, hey. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. You know, yes, Perry. I'm going to go... I'll push it because I'm a Vegas guy. He's setting a line right now that we're not allowed to bet on. 25. You know, 20 was going to be too easy for me. That's an easy yeah, over. Yeah, I would, I would definitely take 20. Now I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to push this young man... To 25. What I've seen in the preseason. Or are you just going to go points on me? Because he's going to play with a great winger. No, no. I'm going to send it back. Oh. For 25. Yeah. But you've already answered why. Because he is going to set he's up. He's going to dish. He is going to set up Natchez and Svechnikov. Or whoever his wingers are. So Svech is going to get 40? Yes. That's oh, the, he's taking it. I'm taking I'm taking Andre Svechnikov's 40. It's a, if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Uh, career high for Kokinemi and 
in goals and assists without a doubt. Easy. I was going to, what I was going to do for Code Kaniemi was say a 65-point season. Oh. That's 20 goals and 45 I, assists. I'm taking that. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I'm going to take it, one, because I love it. And it, that man gets 65. You know, the stall line does what it does. What we saw in the preseason with Foss yep. and Stasny just dominating veteran-like. We're not excited. Even, Is it Wednesday we're, yet? We're, we're talking about this line. We're not even. We're, we're talking not, about. We're talking about the second group of forwards. Rod doesn't like to group his forwards and give them numbers. Yeah, we're not even talking about the Sebastian Ajo line right now. And yeah, and he's a point per game player. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a. That's not even a question. What about young Seth Jarvis? That's because he's on his line. That's the interesting one for me, and I don't want to be the person who does this because. Shane, you faced this. You scored 20-year rookie year, and everybody expected you the next year to score what, 45, 50? Yes, I should have. I apologize. Well, it's <laughs> a little too late for that apology, but accepted. Uh, for me, I'm going to go the other way with this. I don't want to raise... 17 and 23 last year for Seth Jarvis. So 40, 40 points. Point season. 68 games only. He's He is going to have clearly more points because he's going to play the full season. Um. But I don't want to sit here and go like, oh, he's going to get 30. Because remember, Seth Jarvis didn't start off on a line with Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravainen or Andrei Svechnikov. I mean, he should have had 20. Didn't he have three goals called back? Two in one game? Yes, he did. <laughs> I think he did lead the league in uh, in canceled goals or overturned goals. I still um, think he gets 20. Yeah, 20, I think 20 is good. I don't want people sitting here thinking that Seth Jarvis should get 80 points this year. I think for me... He had 40 points. Anything above that total is a really good season for Seth Jarvis. I think if he if he's between 45 and 50 points, if he goes 25 and 25 or 20 and 30, I I, I his bar is going to be higher than whatever I could set for it. And the team's bar will be set for it. I'm doing this more Can I get uh, can I get some leeway on this one? Yeah, I'll give you a little cushion. I'm setting going to buy one. some points. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just don't have the vig run on me. Buy uh, a couple. This is this is what I'm looking for here. I don't want people to come in to this season and think that Seth Jarvis is going to be a 50 goal score or a 40 goal score. No, or a 30 goal score. For me, if Seth Jarvis can replicate what he did last year as a rookie and show this is my baseline, that's going to be a really good year for me. So, yep. do I expect him to get more than 40 points, more than 17 and 23? Yes, I do. Yes. But, Same as Marty Natchez. Yeah. And, no, Natchez is the guy who, this is a big year for him. He had 14 last year. We expect 20-plus. I expect him to be 25. Tw- Mike is no, just- that's my expectation for him. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. As an expectation, I take it. That's where I think that's where he needs to be. This is a big year for him. No question. I in full be, full belief he can do it. And he's got he's got the big opportunity. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of Max Pacioretty, who will be back uh, late January, early February. Got he it. wants to be back before the the Stadium Series game on February eighteenth against the Washington Capitals and be in the lineup. But this is Marty Natchez, this is your chance. There's take, no take the puck. Skate with it and score. I was going to do ball, but they play with a puck. Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't. Again, I don't know if Rod is going to leave that line together or not. But when you look at Natchez, Kokaniemi, and Svechnikov, wherever they land, so important for a quick start with a young player. I agree. Right? Get the mojo going. Get it rolling early. Going to go on the road with the boys, all relaxed. You know, through Cal- uh, San Jose, Seattle, and then into Canada, where this team plays very well. Um, quick starts are huge. It's it, you know we've talked about guys that need to step up. Let's go back to the the all stars, right? You look at Andre and Sebastian, forty apiece. Sebastian thirty seven last year. Would you take point per game for Sebastian, or do you want goals? Well, he had that last year. I know it, he's he's a point per game. I mean, I I would expect that again. I, I expect I thirty seven Genos Svech with thirty. I expect Sebastian Ajo, um, because I'm going to go a little over a point a game. Oh, so am I. Hundred points for Sebastian this year. I think I believe he can. I think he'll tickle it, but I'll say ninety five. 
Yes, that was for you. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Move on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, everyone is giggling. As well they should be. We are laughing. We are laughing. Uh, the reason why I believe he can get 40 is because Tavo Teravainen would be extremely happy with 70 assists. Yes. Tavo just dishing. So, and they talk about it in the sauna. That they do. <laughs> and they go yogging with a soft J. I don't think so. I don't think they do. Well, you never know. Um, but that... We've gone through those expectations, but yeah, Svetch is at 40 for me. I think he keeps, he's at the point now where the leap just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger uh, for him. For Sebastian, would a 40 and 50 season shock me? Not at all. He has, he has that capability, but uh, I, I can see him more along the lines of 30 and 60, 35, 55. Yeah, that's. I don't know anybody who's going to sneeze at that season. Well, there's always somebody who's going to complain about yeah. something. Well, not enough. But uh, no, well, we know we know in the playoffs when the when the Rangers defeated the Hurricanes the and we've talked about this multiple times the the part that lacked for the Hurricanes was goal scoring, plain and simple. So the team gets hot early with the chemistry with the players they have, the addition of Brent Burns, Coglin. Special teams is always important. We hear Rods talk about it all the time. It's huge um, to get power play goals and and get out to a great start in the season. I think the Hurricanes, when you even though you look at the schedule, like oh they have to travel. You have Columbus at home, then you go to San Jose, then you go to Seattle. You should have a very good start to the season. Yeah, you should. Uh, that's something that we'll address because I believe we are going to do Kane's cast on Tuesday next week, not on game day. So That'd be a try, good thought. Going to try to move that ahead, and we're going to try to have some guests for that to kick off the week. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Maybe the president, and general manager. I'm trying to massage that one of the United States. Sure. I'll ask <laughs> Joe Biden. I think he's a little busy right now to do things. I would love to have Don Waddell on. Yeah. Think he'd come to the office, or he's going to? No, him? no chance. We've got to go to his office. Oh. But we can. We're yeah. portable. Yes. We, we can make this happen. We actually now have a movable system. We'll for take this our too. shenanigans downstairs. But, you know, we keep setting all of these numbers. I said 70 points for Brent Burns. Did you take that, by the way? I think so. All right. I basically take everything for this team. That works. I'm for all me. positive right now. So I want to revisit something, and, and I don't know why I didn't uh, bring this up sooner with Marty Natchez for you. But preseason, people always say, doesn't count, doesn't matter, don't read into it. He had six points. He had three goals and three assists for him. In three games? Four games. In three games. Three. For him, that's that's what he needed. Thank you. That's what Thank he needed. And I'm not saying he needed that to prove to anybody, but for himself and the positive side of things. And, again, what this, what this coaching staff in this organization would do is you take – they're going to not even look at the points. They're like, well, that's positive. Did he do it the right way? Right? And I believe Marty Natchez played very well in the way his coaches want him to through the preseason. Because it's not... Preseason is not just, hey, I'm going to go out there and get my cookies and run around and do everything. Right? And not buy into the system. That's what you have to have. The message from this coaching staff, and we hear him say it all the time, do it the right way. No cutting corners. Straight line. Play our system. And when you do that, it is proven, the numbers prove that you will create points. And Marty Natchez has done that through the preseason. But he needed that, Mike, just for his own, just for the sheer smile on his face. But I was, for a player like that, he knows he can play in the league. But what, with everything that his offseason kind of went through, there, there were people trying to make stuff about the end of season comments. And I don't. I don't know why when he was talking about, yeah, well, I'd like to play center and Rod and I, we talked about things and then Rod came out and said, yeah, I'm glad he said that. Yeah, we did talk about these things. This wasn't like in years past or in other organizations where a guy like lights a match and flings it. It wasn't a, if I don't play center, I'm out of here. Yeah, it was. It right? was He's just sharing, you know, may I, I think I've, I feel like I would play a little bit better at center, but, you know, I like him on the wing. I like where he is in that position on that line and... um. Again, it's about a positive start for Marty Natchez and doing things right. He has tremendous skill. His speed is out of this world. But 
playing that hard nose, a little bit physical. And I'll tell you, Mike, the year I made the Carolina Hurricanes through preseason, it wasn't going great. I wasn't lighting the world on fire. And I remember going into that final game of exhibition thinking and knowing to myself and not having the most positive feeling of like, I'm still on the line. Like I haven't solidified anything for myself. But then to go out there in your exhibition game and really have a big night, put the puck in the net, get some assists. Yep. That's what Marty Natchez has done. Again, the points don't matter. But for him and this organization to see it, that is what he needed to start the season. Just that little bit of confidence, that little bit of positive reinforcement. I was uh, looking up some numbers when you were on that, and that was a pretty darn good commentary on what to go on. The Canes, this was the shots on goal every game. Now, mind you, you can make the argument they only... There's a couple of American League teams out there. Yeah. You, you, they really probably, if we're going to be honest, saw, what, two NHL lineups? The game in Florida, and then the Sabres through their NHL lineup, which you can argue they still have guys who aren't which was really, really ready for prime time yeah. just yet. Not right. Um, Tage Thompson's a good player. I, I'm f- a big fan of him. The, the funny thing is, uh, Tripp and I talked about it, and it's the league as a whole. There are only a couple of teams I look at, and they're both really in the West, where you're like, you should go in there and you should get two points. There should be absolutely no reason Correct. to, if There's you're a no, good team, if you play your right game. And it's not, when you, I love when you say that too, because it's, everyone remember, it's not going to be a blowout. Like, if you go into San Jose, which I think you're speaking of, and you win. Well, I was referring to Arizona and Chicago, well, but yeah. Well, I'll throw San Jose in the mix. And you win three to one. That is okay. Right? Yeah. You've won the game. You controlled the game. You don't have to win. There's no team in this league that you're going to crush 8 nothing. No. Like, going up to Seattle. Seattle, I look at their lineup and I'm like, I don't know where the goals come from. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to make your life miserable because they're going to be very good defensively. They're going to they be responsible. they have a very good goaltender. Yes, they do. And they have, they have good forwards who are good two-way play. They don't have that dynamic offensive player. Chicago still has Patrick Kane. Yeah. And Jonathan Taves. Yeah. And and I don't know. And Seth Jones. But I don't know. Like, as you know, three players aren't going to win a game all by themselves. No, that's and, the, and, and Chicago has basically said, yeah, we're, we're it not is just, good. It's just going to be interesting to see where those two players, not Seth Jones, he's going to have know. to battle through that, yeah. that yep. rebuild, but those where those other two players end but, up later in this season. But to the, the point that I'm saying is even against those teams, and I'm glad you said this, they all have really good NHL players where if you fall asleep, they're going to score a goal yeah. or they're going to make a play against you. Take a bad penalty, power plays should score. There, There's literally no easy games. But in the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division was, all right, let's go steal these kids' lunch money for a while. Yeah. Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. All three of those teams are better. That's that's why everyone, you know, when you look at the schedule, can't start at home, then they head on that road trip. Don't mind it because you get the Western teams, right, that maybe are struggling a little bit but until you get to yeah. you know, Edmonton, Calgary. But the rest of them, you can get out to a real good start. And for our fan base, and I love our fan base, I love fans. That's what You have to be passionate. The only thing that matters is the two points in the win column. Right. The score means nothing. Yeah, you don't get extra points for a stylish I'll win. I'll take OT wins out in the West. Yeah. Right? I don't care if they take a point. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the West gets a gets As long a as you're taking the full boat at two, let's get on to the next one. Yeah. And, and let's crush some store brews and head on to the next city. And again, like I'm I'm just bringing this up. You know, <laughs> I heard something really good the other day and uh, we're going to wrap this one up quick where everybody says everybody's gotten better. Well, if everybody gets better, doesn't that mean somebody has got had to have gotten worse somewhere? Because oh, there's so many good players out but, there. But here's the here's the problem for the Atlantic Division before we even get into the Metro Shane. In the Atlantic, Ottawa, Detroit. People in Ottawa, they're like, we're a playoff team this year. I'm, I would take that. Although There, there are both- people around that ask me questions. I said, to me, Ottawa's the team that's taken. The one hiccup they've just hit, though, is Max Talbot getting hurt. Cam, yeah, Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Max Talbot was a I was just going to say, Pittsburgh. that was the, the only thing for them, Cam, Cam Talbot, Talbot getting hurt. That, getting in, that injury could stunt them at the start. But they have enough firepower to, right. you know, now, if they, they don't have Talbot in net, they're like, all right, we'll win 6-5. Yeah, and Anton Forsberg, former Carolina Hurricane, showed that right. he, was, he was capable. Right. So they, they're they the team to me, if, you, if anyone asks me, who's taking the biggest jump? To me, it's the Ottawa Senators. But I, I bring that up. Ottawa was, you looked at Ottawa, and 
this is real talk here on Kane's cast. You look at Ottawa in the past, and you were like, two points. Detroit. Two points. Buffalo. Definitely two points. Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> They're gone. But all yes, the points. That was all the points. <laughs> but the thing about the Atlantic division is those three teams have gotten better. Montreal, I don't know what they're going to be. Uh, they're going to play hard. They have young players who will play hard. Young, fast, and they're a team to me that you do not sit back on because they will sting you. Yeah. They have too much talent. If you play hard in your system, you'll probably win in Montreal. Pounce. But if you give them a little door opening, these kids are going to run rampant. Pounce on them, and the reason I say that because when Marty St. Louis really figures out how to coach, like really gets it all down, that's going to be – they're going to be tough to play against. But my thing is, at the top of that division, Boston I don't think is better. I think Boston regressed, but they're still good. They're older, but they're still good. They still are a playoff team. Toronto, they're going to score 900 goals a game. Probably going to give up 900 goals a game, but they're going to they're going to do they're going to do what they do. They're still very good. Florida, uh Tampa, do you think that at some point all of these Stanley Cup runs catch up to that team? Even if we think that, they still have Andre Vasilevsky. So that's what you're looking at. I think what's going to happen in that division, they're going to start to beat up on each other a little bit more like what we see in the Metro division, where the Metro takes it out on the Metro. We talk about why it's such a great league. The word that comes to mind is parity, right? You can watch any game on any night – and just be wowed, you know. I go back to one of my, put in my top five of the movie Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Do you not watch, any, whether it's live or on television, any hockey game, and you are entertained? No doubt about it. So, I, you can't say that about every sport. So this is, but when we're talking about expectations and how things change, Shane hit it out of the park. The expectation should be the Canes win. Don't be upset if they win a game two to one or three to two yeah. against anybody in this league because it is hard to win in this league anywhere you go. I don't care what you talk about. Well, this team doesn't have that, and this team is a. Why do we struggle against that team? Because they get paid to play too. They want to win games. Yeah. Even we, the worst team in the league, because the players played the want night before to win. Or two nights before, and we flew across, and the teams banged up. You don't ever know how injured these guys are when they're playing. And you've done this. I, I had to. Sometimes I, you wake up and go to work. You feel like dog doo 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 doo. Yes, yes, doo doo. Right? Yeah. Guess what? Professional ice is the same way. Sometimes you get up, and I've been there. And every guy in the locker room will be like, "Remember the day you stepped on the ice? And you're like, uh oh, like the body just doesn't respond. So it happens." In, let me just explain this to everybody. If you have whatever job it is you do, I don't, I don't, whatever you do, you always want to be your best at it. If you have a head cold, if mm. you were hanging a picture and the hammer banged your thumb or you stubbed your toe and it hurts like H-E double hockey sticks, because yeah. we're keeping it uh, G-friendly, yeah. you're going to have probably not your most optimal performance at work that day. Well, these guys are going to take a, Hard piece of frozen vulcanized rubber 100 miles an hour off their ankle, off their hand. Uh, they're going to have their knee twisted in a weird way. And in, they're not going to. Smashed gonna, in the glass. Yeah. They're not going to have yeah. their A game every night. So just have that expectation because I know that when I'm, I, if it's a cold, it's going to be harder for me to do my job. Mm. You can't imagine what these guys do play through. And the other thing I, I talked about, I was at the Durham Sports Club yesterday and gave a little speech to a great group of people uh got to get us out uh, at uh, crowsdale golf me and you you ready to play a little bit because i'm striping the driver (laughs) okay don't ask me about anything else okay striping the driver but how tough is it you fly out and you're in the pacific time zone now we're going to play in the mountain time zone and we're going to fly back in the pacific time zone now we get to fly all the way back cross country and play in the eastern time zone that stuff does catch up with you not the stay not even the notice not even no one ever goes eighty two and zero. Yeah, that's I don't think that's ever happened. Montreal's come close, and that was one. What there were six or fourteen teams or twelve teams in the league, and six of them had guys who'd be in the minor leagues at the time. All right, that's it. Uh, I do want <laughs> we to, did it. Well, we have, we have one more thing. Oh, what is it? The Canes Cast Fantasy Hockey League. It's happening. It is going to happen. 
Tweet Mike as many times as possible between the hours of 11 and 1 a.m. This is (laughs) (laughs) And remember, send your Venmo money request to Shane R. Willis. No, I'm saying that they're asking money from you, not giving you money for that. I don't have any money. Well, neither do I. We get uh, paid in Stormbrew. Here's how this is going to work. It's going to be the Canes Cast Conference, if you're cool with that name. Okay. For the league. The CCC. Exactly. Okay. Kane's Cast Conference. Okay. You know, doing a little tie-in here. Yeah. Oh, music being played as I make the announcement. The first 11 people on Twitter to respond after listening to Kane's Cast. 11. 11, because it's going to be a 12-team league. I had partner, one. Partner up so we get some people in. Like, you know, make do, a good do team. I, hang on. I can expand. I can go to 16. No. That's too many. You want 14? It's us versus 13 people then. That's fine. So 14. 14. All right, 14 it is. Shane and I are co-general managers and co-commissioners of the league. So it's going to be a 14-team league. So the first 13 13 people who respond on Twitter after, because you had to make it all the way here to the end of Kane's cast, so we know that you are listeners. We know you're dedicated. You tweet at me and say, I want to be in the Kane's cast conference with your team name. CCC with your team name. <laughs> That's it. Hashtag Canes Cast Conference or CCC with your team name. And the first 13 people get in. That's the, the fairest way to do it. Done. Done. And the draft is Monday. Monday. We'll prorate if you take any of these guys San Jose players. Week. and You won't. <laughs> well, you, you're going to take, you take some predators. If you do, send that money to Shane R. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll do it. All right, Wilbur. I know that uh, you've got something to do. So do I. So always work a pleasure, my friend. Next week we're going to work on some big guests and uh, get you ready for the start of the regular season. We'll have our team picked. I mean, it, what a week! Rest up this weekend. We can NC State, Florida State, big college weekend. Oh, it's time! I know. Can't wait for just, Shane. Just start playing the Lion King. It is time. <laughs> For Shane, I'm Mike. Uh, we've got our Fantasy Hockey League ready to go. We've got regular hockey ready to go. And it'll be a Canescast coming your way next week. As always, we appreciate you listening. Thank you.